You are now listening to Couch Coach Live. We're back here for another special Couch Coach Live this week. First of all, Happy New Year to all the Couch Coaches and Couch Coach Live Nation. We have a special podcast today. We want to talk about the coaching carousel in the National Football League. There was four coaching vacancies. Now there's three. So the breaking news of the morning is the Redskins hired Ron Rivera as their head coach. Even though we knew in the last 48 hours that this was going to happen, but it's official. The former Panthers head coach comes over to the Redskins and basically is going to be the head coach of, of my beloved Washington Redskins. And I'm very, very ecstatic of it. I look at what he's done with the Panthers, the track record there. Just considering the fact that he took a in 2010, the Panthers were two and 14. He took over that team, and then within three years of that, was the team was 12 and four, and and basically the year after they went to the Super Bowl. And it's funny because Ron Rivera was was interesting with me. I remember this was in 2013. So you think about this was his third year. Panthers was like kind of low key struggling. They were kind of, and I remember I was in Charlotte that week. I was in Charlotte the week that they lost to Buffalo. I, I don't know if you guys remember this in 2013. They lost. They went up to Buffalo and lost 24 to 23. And I remember listening to their local radio stations like throughout the whole week. I think it was like I think I was there like Monday through like. Wednesday or Thursday, and everybody was calling in talking about firing Ron Rivera. Oh, he sucks. He's a bum. And it's funny. And I remember tweeting, and it was like, "Well, y'all might want to kind of ease up on that because I still think I still even at that time was like, well, give Ron a shot because like to me, they were improving. They were slightly improving. And that's what I'm hoping this was going to happen here in Washington, where I think even though we were three and thirteen, they're still going to have to take steps. They're going to want like next year. They could be six and ten. They could be seven and nine. Two years from now, they could be eight and eight, nine and seven. Like this is going to be a process that's going to probably take a few years to you know to manifest to actually uh, to an actual. I think in my in my personal opinion, a playoff run or what have you. So I say give him time, and I think he's going to do a great job in D.C. I just think what I I definitely want to give huge kudos to. Daniel Snyder, because normally in these in this in this type of situation when he's had a, like a below like when it's when the when everything just goes down he hires what I call the sexy candidate, where the the, the sexy hire the, the the you know basically the big name like you think about in two thousand and two well as a matter of fact after Mark Shanahan leaves oh we got to make a big splash we were eight and eight. Let's make a big splash. Let's get a college coach in a Steve Spurrier. Let's get him. Oh, well, Steve Spurrier was an epic fail. Then we go and get Joe Gibbs, which I think Joe Gibbs was a solid move at that time. And then after he resigns, then you get a guy like a Jim Zorn. Then that was a disaster. And then you get a guy like that came in and Mike Shanahan, which I still think that he was such he was a good coach for this team. But of course, not to get into all those details of the reasons as to why he he was no longer the Redskins coach. We'll digress, and we'll talk about that probably in another podcast. But I think getting a guy like Ron Rivera, especially from the standpoint of Daniel Snyder, was a very, very smart move because he could have went so many different ways. A lot of people, we were thinking, 
oh man, he's going to get Urban Meyer. He's going to get a big name. He's going to get, you know, somebody, you know, with a big name, but he didn't. He really got a guy who's really respected in his league, who just like I said, he was he was like an Andy Reid where if he was if he would have got fired from the Panthers on Monday, he would have got a job by Friday. But, you know, it's, he's that type of guy where I look at that just the respectability. And then there's like the other moves that Daniel Snyder has made, the fact of, of firing Bruce Allen and also firing the head trainer of this other team. So he fired essentially two of the most important people in the building, the GM and the head trainer. So I think it's really going to help the culture of the league. Not the league, but to help the culture of the Redskins going forward. And I think this could open the door for a guy like a Trent Williams to come back, which I would I'm really hoping that he does in essence stay. Because to me, if you try to trade him now, his value diminished. And it's one of the things where it's like I thought they were crazy for not trading him, especially when hearing the initial reports going into the season where the New England Patriots were were offering a first round pick for him. That, to me, would have been like if I was Bruce Allen, that would have been such a bargaining chip. I would have been calling teams like, look, New England, the Patriots, they want to give us our first-round pick for Trent, for our, our franchise left tackle. What are you going to bring to the table? Are you going to give me a, a first? Are you going to give me multiple picks? Or what are you going to give me? Because if the Patriots come running, that's the ultimate bait. But they 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 stood past it, and Trent Williams still is on this on this roster. So I'm hoping, honestly, that he does stay. And of course, that definitely will help our offensive line. Our offensive line has been, I mean, we've been going through some stuff. So this is definitely be a great great addition. You know, if he if he stays on, considering the fact that we got rid of the trainer, and we actually got rid of uh, Bruce Allen. But I, I, I just, I just give extreme kudos this morning to Daniel Snyder. I mean, to Daniel Snyder, that was just such a great, great hire, and the moves that he made is really something that you normally don't see from him. So to me, it's to me, I think he realizes that look, I had to change, and some said, you know, I'm he, and and I, I know he understands that this is a results business. And he knows that in order to achieve great um great results he's got to do things that are uncomfortable like like firing his friend and then and then firing the head trainer who's been there for 16 years in order to revitalize his culture because it was getting to a point where everybody was looking at this job as if like no one really wants to go and then now you're looking at especially you're looking at the other three openings the Redskins filled their vacancy quick. They filled their vacancy. They were the first team to get a new head coach. And a lot of people thought that the Redskins was going to be last and the most unattractive job just due to the fact of those moves prior to prior to firing Bruce Allen and also the um, head trainer. So that's a to me that's a good sign going forward where you got a guy a respectable guy like Ron Rivera who wanted to come here and essentially came here for two days and, you know, basically and basically came out and became our new head coach. But like I, as I just mentioned earlier, 
patience. We got to be patient as as Redskins fans and just in you know just in general, Redskins fans. You have to be patient. I don't think this is going to be. I don't think Ron Vera is going to you know going to re, you know going to actually take us to the Super Bowl within the next year or two or what have you. But we have to be patient. We have to give him time to implement who he wants. Everything. Let everything iron out. Long as you see improvement, wins every year. Don't complain. Like if even though you three, we were three and thirteen this year. Hell, if you win five games next year, it's an improvement. If in twenty, you know, the, the, the next year if we go five and eleven, then we end up being seven and nine the third year, and and so on and so on. Be patient because this is a process, you know. And this team does have talent, and I'm just gonna be interested of what he of what his staff is gonna be comprised of. And then I'm going to be curious about the uh, GM, who's going to be the GM of this team as well. But um, seeing where Ron Rivera is actually eyeing Jack Del Rio is such a good sign to me. I think Jack Del Rio has been is a great um, defensive mind. I mean, you look at his track record; he's had top five defenses pretty much in you know in his last stint. I mean, he has a stint uh, you know, with the Raiders. Also did um, pretty well with the uh, Broncos. He was a part of that different Broncos defensive um, the defensive OC. So to me, this this is going to be a solid hire, and this, and I think it's nothing but up going for the Redskins going forward. This team is gonna this team is gonna make some noise, and I think a lot of people are gonna are gonna be surprised. I don't think we're gonna be the the what people would, uh, used to well this year would call us as the homecoming team. We're not gonna be the homecoming team. We're not gonna be the doormat team. We're not gonna go zero and six in the division anymore. In my in my personal opinion, but who's to say? So the next coaching vacancy, well, the next coaching vacancy is the Cleveland Browns, and it's this is a this is a very interesting you know in a kind of weird way kind of an interesting situation now with the browns they fired freddie kitchens and then yesterday we found out that they fired john dorsey their general manager and this is and and i honestly think in my personal opinion even though i loved what they did last year as far as keeping freddie kitchens because i thought for the simple fact of with them at that time they were seven i think they were seven eight and one they had enough talent where they could have turned this team around. And this was like playoffs or bust. But in essence, they regressed. They end up finishing 6-10. and 10, And then they lose the lowly Cincinnati Bengals in Week 17. Which, it, it begs the question, like, what, what's really going on in Cleveland? And you look at just the standpoint of, I, I applaud the move of, of John Dorsey hiring Freddie Kitchens to give you know stability to this team, but look what happened. And now you now looking at it now with a sense of revisionist history, that was such a bad idea because you think about it where Freddie Kitchens pretty much let Baker Mayfield do whatever the hell you wanted to do, and it's kind of hard for a guy, especially like a Baker Mayfield who's a second year guy, to kind of get that type of leeway in this league. So it's one of the things where it's it's, it's really interesting. 
I honestly think if we would if we were to go back, and which I even said this too, I really wish they would have kept a guy, kept Greg Williams as their head coach. I really thought he would have actually commanded more respect, and I think he would have been, he would have pushed Baker Mayfield because I don't think that Freddie Kitchens did not push him. And I, and and then you think about it because. You don't it's Freddie Kitchens because you think about it. Freddie Kitchens essentially got this job because of the success of Baker Mayfield last year. So if him, Freddie Kitchens, or anybody, you're not going to essentially you're not going to rock the boat with that. You're not going to rock the boat and kind of you know. In other words, don't you know you're not going to bite the hand that fed you essentially. And that's where it comes down to where Fred Freddie Kitchens had to go because at this point this team is too talented too talented to be six and ten. And this team is gonna just be, you know, if they were going forward, a team would have just been a you know, mediocre, even though the talent is there. And then the whole thing with John Dawson. I think John Dawson in a sense is the in the and of course he's a gets a lion's share of the blame. And I think it was time for him to go as well. I do give him kudos because he's done an amazing job with this Browns team. I mean, just the overseeing the draft, the last two drafts were solid. And then getting guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. And I thought those two trades were monumental. And just the simple fact that you were able to bring those type of talented wide receivers to Cleveland, especially now. I remember, like, when Jarvis Landry got traded, and I was like, man, that is such a big splash. And they needed that type of player at that time. And, you know, they needed that type of situation. And then I even love the fact that he did draft Baker Mayfield because I think everybody was so old. Let's get Sam Donald. Let's get Josh Rosen. And and for the most part, I did like – I do still initially do like Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I think it's a situation where he just needs to be challenged. He just needs to have a head coach, somebody that he can respect and somebody who commands respect from him. So he has he has to get a guy that's going to be in his face, somebody who's going to actually challenge him. We got he has to go back to Baker Mayfield, the walk on at Texas Tech, the walk on at Oklahoma. He's the he's the guy that's on all these commercials, six commercials. And he's got more commercials than actually wins um, this season. So he has to go back to that um, situation where he's hungry, where he has a chip on his shoulder. And I think that's where he's at a point now. And I think this team realized that we have to, in essence, get rid of the higher management, the higher ups, because we got to get productivity from a guy like a Baker Mayfield and bring in somebody who is going to get the best out of Baker? Because I look at Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey, as in, in essence, they were enablers. And, you know, you can't have an enabler for a guy like a Baker Mayfield. He has to have a chip on his shoulder. He has to have his back against the wall. He has to have, you know, he has to have an edge. He didn't have an edge in Cleveland. He almost, in a sense, he got a little bit comfortable. And I think they did a smart thing by doing this now where – this isn't going to be a situation that's going to linger. And I think this is going to improve the Browns tremendously. So kudos to Jimmy Haslam and the, and the, and the, um, and the Cleveland Browns for that. So they have, they've they interviewed a couple candidates, which I thought was very interesting, um, just notable ones. And there was like a, a laundry list of guys who they're interviewing. Uh, I know they're looking at Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for the, Ra- um, for the Ravens. Also, um, 
Let's see, Brian DeBow, the offensive coordinator with the Bills, uh, Mike McCarthy, and also um, Josh McDaniels. And what was weird that Matt Rule, he turned down an interview with the Browns, which I thought that was extremely interesting. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. But Cleveland is an attractive, is a very attractive job. And a lot of people are just not going to see the beauty of it. And that's fine. Matt Rule, and that's and that's that's totally fine that Matt Rule. And, and some people I can understand, and, and just Matt Rule just not feeling the Browns. And that's going to happen. But that's what's going that's what's going to end up happening. But this this team is very, very attractive. This is the team, I think, in my personal opinion, can make a run. Like I think about it. The Ravens were 14 and 2 this year. The only team they two only two teams they lost to were the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. So the talent is there. And then a lot of things I think essentially will happen. I honestly think the whole Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation really, I think, really, really ruined this team. Because at that time, they were coming off of a, a huge win against Pittsburgh where I thought at that time they could make that make that run. And then this happens with a few seconds left in the game. Miles Garrett gets suspended indefinitely. He misses the whole the rest of the season. And I think that really killed their momentum. I still thought even at that time, prior to that incident that this team was going to make a run they had the opportunity i think to run the table and they just blew it down the stretch where you know that's where i think that's their biggest issue i honestly sincerely thought that this team could still even though they struggled early on and that's going to happen and they struggled they struggled early but they kind of had they were like kind of dr jekyll mr Hyde. they looked horrible against tennessee which you look at now, Tennessee is a playoff team, and then you go out and you play Baltimore and you and you and you beat them and you you know and, and beat them kind of convincingly, and so you know that was one of the things where you like okay well this team is this team could be good this team could be solid, but it just fell down the stretch and I think that's another thing going back to the coaching situation I think just having a guy like a Freddie Kitchens who's inexperienced young almost not in a sense how to kind of control the temperature of the room, especially with a with a team like Cleveland where they're they're good but they kinda they they need that type of leadership and I think Fred Kitchen just wasn't the right coach for them. And I don't really think that if it was a you know a coach I think I have to be honest with you. I think if Greg Williams I don't even think that Mason Rudolph situation would even happen. I don't think Miles Garrett would even got himself caught up in that. I just think this team, and this is a lot of things that happened with this team, with just this, this, this extremely undisciplined football team. And that's what it all boils down to. But for this position, I mean, they're they're in a good spot. I still think Baker Mayfield got what it takes. You got a guy, Nick Chubb, who's going to be, I think, going to be a perennial a thousand yard runner every year. You got solid receivers. I mean, you got Odell Beckham, and you got Jarvis Landry, which a lot of people want the Browns to trade Odell. And part of me is like, only if you get a good deal, somebody wows you. If it's just a like a BS first round or whatever, like a mid pick or whatever, or it's, oh, you know, it just depends. You got the the the, the trade has to wow me because to get that type of talent. It's, you're going to be hard to find a guy like an Odell Beckham Jr. Just what he brings to the team and just brings to, you know, 
to the whole table as you know as it as it be. But so my prediction for this team, and I think the team the the the, the coach that they need to hire, I honestly really really think it's got to be Mike Mike McCarthy or else. I think if this team, if this Cleveland Brown team, want to take a leap and they want to be who we thought they were going to be, this uh, the run the NFC North. I mean the AFC North. This team that was going to, you know, who was going to, we thought was going to host a home playoff game, a team that was going to be successful, a team that could make the playoffs. It's got to be Mike McCarthy. And it's and it's funny. I I look at just the Mike McCarthy dynamic between him and um and Baker Mayfield, and I think Mike McCarthy will command respect out of any of these coaches. I think any coach or candidates, probably with, maybe with the exception maybe of a guy like a uh, Josh McDaniels, but I say I still think, in my personal opinion, that Josh McDaniels is holding out, and I think he knows that that New England. Patriots job is waiting for him in the wings. He just has to be patient. And I don't think Josh McDaniels want to put himself almost eerily in the same situation like he did in Denver because quiet is kept. It's weird as it may sound, but that Denver situation is almost similar to this Brown situation where you got talent. You had talent and you had a guy like a Jay, Jay Cutler and um, Brian, not Brian, but um, Brandon Marshall around you had that type of dynamic and it's almost similar to the Cleveland situation where did that team prior to McDaniels being the coach they overachieved I mean they underachieved and you know you bring in that type of situation do he want to put himself back out there and it's almost almost an eerily situation I do those those Bronco teams almost essentially they do kind of remind me of those old the old Broncos team that he took over but um, I think really Mike McCarthy is really their guy. He's a Super Bowl champion, um, you know, offensive mind. I think the messages ran dry in Green Bay. I still think he was a good, solid coach. And there were times that him and Aaron Rodgers got along really well, and it was good and bad. And that's what's going to happen just in anything, just in any form of life, any type of relationship. You're going to have your ebb and flows. You're going to have high times, low times, and you're just going to have steady times. And I think even that 10-year with with him, they they had a solid run. They went to the playoffs just about damn near every year, and they went to, and they went to, and they won a Super Bowl. And I think Mike McCarthy is the guy that's going to really, really command the respect of Baker Mayfield. This is what I what I said earlier. He's going to get that Texas A&M walk on Baker Mayfield. He's going to get that walk on Baker Mayfield, who's uh, the you know the walk on from Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield. He's going to get that guy who's hungry, who has a chip on his shoulder. He's going to command that respect, and I think he's can, he's going to be the guy that can get in Baker's face, and he's going to react. He's going to be he's going to be the guy that's going to command that respect, and I think that's going to be across the board. And I think going back to and now thinking about the defense or what have you, and I think he can go back and you know talk to a guy like a Miles Garrett and say, hey, you know, don't don't do nothing like that ever again. You essentially, and I'm not trying to put Casino's dispersion on them. But essentially, that ruined their season. They had so much momentum going in that game, and it was weird because they had a and and that's oh, so weird. that's that pretty much I think in essence summed up that Browns team, where 
you had the big win, a big Thursday night win, where in essence you were still kind of you was they were still in a sense like kind of in in the same tier with Baltimore in a sense where they could have played a little catch up, and they could have actually ran the table. Not to say they was going to win the NFC North, but they were they were in the thick of the playoff hunt at that time, and that was that should have been a a moment where where we should have really said, well, wow. Cleveland's finally kind of showing us, or they, you know, they're at a point where could they make a run? But of course, we talked about the situation with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph, and that just sums up the season. And you, and Mike McCarthy's not going to have that. Mike McCarthy's not going to, he's not, he's not going to stand by that. He's not going to sit there and let these guys do this, and he's going to command respect for them. So I think it's 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 him. And I think Mike McCarthy is the perfect guy for this job. Um, other guys, I think Josh McDaniels, I think if he does want to step into this, but I, I sincerely don't think he wants to step into this. I think he wants to go to, I want to see what, I think he's want to stay in New England. And I think those, those I think, I think that's going to be the, the key ones. So the next uh, coach of vacancy is the New York football giants. Now they fired Pat Sherman after a nine and 23 Basically, in his 10 year, I think he was there for two, two or three years. I think three years. So, um, David Gettleman, of which he's never going to leave the Giants for some odd reason. And that's, I think, that was a very weird that they let David Gettleman stay, which I really thought that was um, extremely. That's a little, that's a question mark, but it's one of the things where I think it could clean itself up. And I always, and it's weird, I always look at these type of situations where it's like, when you get rid of a coach, I think you kind of should get rid of the gym too because in a sense, it's going to be kind of one of those things either, either or because because that means Gettleman is going to get another three, two or three more years. He's going to get another leash. And, you know, because if this coach that he hires isn't successful, he, the Giants have no choice but to fire David Gettleman. And it's funny because in, in the, in the kind of harking back to – with the Redskins situation where you had a guy like a Bruce Allen who was running the show and for 10 years, you got to think about it. That's the Shanahan's Gruden. Like he's, he's essentially was able to, to hire another coach and he have not have a coach for six years. And I always think that's the most backwards thing ever. And I think if you get rid of the coach, you get rid of the GM. And then you look at and I think about the success of you look at San Francisco. San Francisco is extremely successful because look what they did. They hired John Lynch and then they hired Cal Shanahan. Coach GM, boom. They're married at the help. If this doesn't go right, and they did a very good job because it was like, you know, we're going to sign these guys to six-year deals. They're married at the hip. And you see what's going on now, the success of that. This is what you have to do. And and Cleveland is learning this too. And I think – I'm not sure with Washington. I, I don't know. It could be a situation where the GM is going to be – is there and he's making the moves or – but I'm thinking more so Ron Rivera is going to hire the GM. But either or – these situations, they're going to be married at the hip. And you have to be married at the hip. The coach in the gym has to be married at the hip. Because to me, hiring, hit for me, for, you know, for this situation, especially with Gettleman, he's, he's you know, he's getting another, he's getting, he's getting another opportunity, which I don't think he richly deserved. And, of course, he's going to boast that, oh, yeah, we got Daniel Jones, you know, I, you know, I, 
pulled a diamond out the rough. But a part of me was like, I mean, yeah, but this is just the first year. We don't know how how everything is going to pan out, which I still think Daniel Jones is going to be, uh, you know, is going to be a talented um, quarterback going forward. But it, who's to say? We we don't know. We you know the first year. Is we never know. I mean, let's see. Let's see how the sophomore year is. Because you think about it, we thought Baker Mayfield was going to tear up the league. You got to think about it. We thought Baker Mayfield was going to tear up this league. He was going to be an MVP. I mean, a lot of people say he was going to be the MVP. He was going to, you know, have a, a pretty good year. And a lot of people thought Lamar Jackson was going to regress. And it's like the total opposite. One went left, and one went went the other way. Baker Mayfield went left, and Lamar Jackson just. He just he just rose, and it's just you know that's just how it happened. So for him to hang his head on drafting Daniel Jones is at this point is low key silly. But that's going to be interesting to know how the the Giants. I think the Giants' job is going to be weird because even though I don't, I think this is going to be the last coaching, like the last. Um, Team team is going to actually get a head coach. I just think it's going to be very very interesting of how everything is going to play out. Which I have my little theories. I have a couple of theories with the Giants, but um, they they've interviewed Matt Rule. They're going to um, get requests from Josh McDaniels and also Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. But. Call me, 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 call me crazy. But the new head coach, I think, in my personal opinion, actually, I have two theories. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that second one. I'm thinking I'm gonna talk about that. If I put this way, my first theory probably can't. My my second theory is gonna be weird. If this coaching vacancy is still around within like three weeks. We're looking at like January 22nd and so on and what have you. Then I might bring out this second one. But the first one, my prediction, who's going to be the head coach of the New York football giants is call me crazy, but I really think that Jason Garrett will get this job. Call me crazy. Even though we're sitting here January 1st, 2020, and Jason Carrot is still the coach of the Cowboys, which I still, I don't know why, what's going on with the hold up. I think Jason Garrett, I think they're going to, I think they already had like two meetings already. I'm not sure they're going to meet again, but I really think that Jason Garrett is going to be this head coach of the Giants. Because the part of me is, this is what I think is going to end up happening. I honestly think. This is how it's going to play out, in my personal opinion. Because from what I was told that Jason Garrett contract runs out with the Dallas Cowboys on January 14th. So that's 13 days from now. Got to think about it. Now, just you know, they really want Matt Rule. And I think everybody everybody knows that, you know, everybody knows that Matt Rule is the guy they, really, they, they, they want. And rightfully so. But I don't think Matt Rule is gonna gonna even last for that that long period of time. There's another team I think that's gonna kind of I think is gonna ultimately get them. But it's gonna be a situation where I honestly think the Giants might possibly hold out to get Jason Garrett. 
Because I still think it's just a formality. I still think that Jerry Jones is going to get rid of him. I don't think – I think it's just one of the things where it's just like – I think Jerry Jones is having a hard time to of essentially letting go, which – and I think we've – I've talked about this on a couple podcasts where I think Jerry Jones just understands – I don't think more so understands, but I think, you know, we all, and it's and it's weird how we always think that, you know, he's crazy for, you know, keeping Jason Garrett or what have you, or just keeping him off this case. But I think it's just, it's, it's, he's putting emotions into this, and it's a lot of it, because it's, and it, go, it harkens back to what I just said earlier about relationships. It's all about relationships, and sometimes it's hard to let people go that we really, you know, that you, that you really like. And it's just one of the things where I think Jerry is just contemplating he's going through the motions of it. And it's rightfully, and it's not like a situation where I think that it's, it does sucks for a guy like a Jason Garrett because he could be sitting here interviewing for these jobs. And, you know, he, you know, even though it's only three vacant jobs at this point, but, you know, it could be a situation where he could be actually, you know, navigating through his life and in a sense just just like planning just planning his next few years in his life i mean you know this is this is where it kind of it gets frustrating i guess for a guy like a jason garrett where i mean he needs clarity of what's going on in the situation and a part of me i still think that even though he's not gonna be the head coach of this uh, the cowboys but it could be a situation where jerry jerry jones keeps him in some type of role with the cowboys which and that's one thing too I think is might possibly happen, and and that could happen, but I think if they were to if they were to get rid of him, and he goes on the open market as far as head coaching wise, I do see the Giants. Now do the Giants hold out and wait? And I and I honestly think they would. I honestly think that they would hold out and wait for him, if it's possible. I think if you find something. If and I, and and, we, and plus it's one of the things where you're gonna find out soon too, and especially it's and then if, if you um and then you think about the simple fact of you hiring not hiring but interviewing guys like Eric Bieniemy and Josh McDaniels, who are in playoff runs, so you know they're gonna be they're gonna be probably in essence they're gonna be, you know, the way I'm thinking, the Chiefs are gonna probably make it to the um, championship game. So that's championship games on the, like January the 19th. Can't, um, New England might be some in that mix, you know, if they make it. I mean, these guys might not get, you know, you know, they'll get, they'll get the chance to interview within the next, in the next couple of days or what have you. But, you know, who's to say, you know, they're going to have, I think the Giants are going to have a really tough decision. But I think my prediction is ultimately going to happen with Jason Garrett because either way, they're going to have the weight for someone, regardless. I mean, even if I think, and I think Matt Rule, they're gonna. That's one of the things where if Matt Rule, he's gonna be probably if, if you were to get him, he's available probably generally when you think about it after the day after they after the Baylor plays Georgia, he's pretty much available, and you know you can get the ball rolling with that. But um, so the next vacancy and the last vacancy is the Carolina Panthers. Um, they interviewed uh, Mike McCarthy and also requesting interviews with Eric Bieniemy and Josh McDaniels. This team is going to be interesting, I think, going forward. You're looking at uh, what they're going to do with Cam Newton. 
Um, they already have CMC, our guy Christian McCaffrey. He's doing his thing out there. And I think this is what's going um, to happen with that team this is going forward. Um, they're going to keep Cam Newton. I think if they, um, they Cam Newton leaves, I think it's $21 million they get off the books. Um, do this team see a Cal Allen or Will Greer as their future? Or, you know, are they going to keep Cam? Or are they going to draft another quarterback and just see how, how it goes from there? That's going to be interesting. Um, and my prediction for this team, which I kind of wanted, didn't want to reveal, like with the Giants, because I think Matt Rule is going to, I think for certain, Matt Rule is probably going to get his Panthers job. And I honestly think, because they met with him in Atlanta the other day. Um, so that, I think when I was in Atlanta, I mean, I think it was in New Orleans, wherever Baylor's at as far as with, because they're in the, um, they're in the Sugar Bowl, so it was in New Orleans, pardon me. But they met the other day. So I think Matt Rule's probably going to get hired, honestly, with the Carolina Panthers. I would say early, by the end of this week, or possibly early next week. Because I think, the, and I think, and to me, I'm like, the Giants need to just get, get Matt Rule. And I think, but I think they're gonna hold out, and they're gonna wait for either to let the chips fall as they may. And I think what's gonna end up happening, going back to the Giants situation, is I think it's gonna be Jer- Jason Garrett, because I think he's gonna be available. And then with the Panthers, I think they're gonna strike this deal soon. I think, cause like I just said, mentioned early, Matt Rule and Baylor they play tonight, so he's available after the night essentially. And I think they're going to probably seal the deal. Um, what's this Wednesday? They'll probably seal the deal, I think, in my personal opinion, probably by, by no later than a week from now. I think, I, I think honestly, in my personal opinion, they could seal this deal as early as Friday. And he'd be the head coach by, by next week. So I think that's where it's, where it's going to lean towards. And then I think, you know, that's going to be – and I think that's where the, the, the next domino is going to fall because I think – the Giants are going to be so, and I think they're gonna they're gonna kind of in a sense kind of take their time with it, which they in essence don't have time. Especially if you got a guy like a Matt Rule around, you you don't have time to you know to fool around with that. You need to get him now and get him while you can. So this is going to be a very interesting how that's going to play out, and you know it's going to be very very interesting. So this has been a special coaching carousel for this week's couch coach live follow us on any of your favorite social media platforms facebook twitter instagram on the couch coach live also follow us listen to us on any of your favorite streaming podcast platforms we are on apple Podcasts. we are on spotify pretty much anything that has podcasts Search Couch Coach Live, download, subscribe, tell a friend, share, and leave reviews. This has been this week's Couch Coach Live, man. We will see you guys next week. And thank you guys for listening to this week's Couch Coach Live. Appreciate it.